grab a seat, and as you do, grab your Bibles. Um, that was not the sermon. This is the sermon now. First Thessalonians chapter 4, if you have a copy of God's Word. If you need one under a seat close by, you can find one, and we provide those there for you so you will have God's Word open on your lap. What, one thing we want you to see more, more than anything is that everything that's preached is not, these aren't our ideas, this isn't our Word, this is the very Word of God. And so if you need a Bible, just keep that one right with you. Walk out of here with it. That's our gift to you. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Um, in 1995, uh, uh, the first of a series of books came out, a series of books by the title, The Left Behind Series. Right? Raise your hand if you've read even just one of these books. Yeah, most of this room has read at least one of these books in The Left Behind Series. The Left Behind Series is it's Christian fiction, remember that, but it's what the authors believe um, kind of the, the end times to look like based on what they can see in Scripture. And um, I've never read one of these books, but I remember as a kid watching the Left Behind movie. And I remember watching the Left Behind movie as a kid, you know, like there's the scene of the, the rapture and there's all of this stuff going on. And I just remember as the movie ended and the credits scrolled, like I just remember as a kid sitting there like, terrified. I'm just absolutely terrified. Like, oh my goodness, what is going to happen when these last things, these end times roll around. And, and, and that picture of me as a little kid, as the Left Behind movie ended and the credits scrolled of like this, this fear that had just welled up inside of me. Um, as I talk to Christians uh, about the end times, about the last things, about what we need to know about Jesus' second coming and return, um, I often see this same fear rising up in believers. In fact, this very week, you know, you run into people from church, hey, what's the sermon about Sunday? And I tell them, it's about the second coming of Christ. It's about the rapture of his people. And people are like, oh my goodness, I'm so terrified of that. And there's something about these, the, the unknown of the end times that, that, that creates this fear and confusion and maybe some chaos going on in our hearts. But listen, Christians, listen, Jesus followers, that is not to be. Paul, in this letter that we're studying, all throughout it has been reminding these believers about get your, get your eyes on the hope that's to come. Guess what? Jesus is coming back. Listen, I know you're suffering. I know you're suffering right now for following him. I know there's things that you're going through. I know that pain has come upon you. I know that you are you are maybe even facing physical affliction for following Jesus, but all throughout the letter, he's been, get your eyes on the hope that's to come. What's the hope that the, that's to come? Your Savior's coming back. And now, as we turn to the end of chapter four and the beginning of chapter five, he speaks into this topic of Jesus coming back in the most direct, explicit way he does in all of the letter. This is one of the most direct, explicit texts on the second coming of Christ, on the rapture of his people. But I, here's what we're going to find. Both of these paragraphs we're going to study today. You ready? You ready? Both these paragraphs we're going to study today end the same way. Both these paragraphs we're going to study today end with a word to Christians don't fear this. Don't, don't be confused about this. 
Both of these paragraphs are going to end today saying this. Guess what? When he comes, we're going to be with him. Encourage one another with this. Today's message is a message about Jesus coming back, Jesus getting his people. Yes, it's a message about that, but no, it's not a message that's going to lay before you exactly how and exactly when all of this is going to take place. Why? Because God has not seen fit in his word to let us know exactly with 100% certainty how and when this is going to happen. Amen? We have some thoughts. There's people on different sides of the fences. But God has, if he wanted to, with 100% certainty, say, here's exactly how it's going to happen, and here's exactly when it's going to happen, he would have just told us, right? Here's what he does want us to know with 100% certainty. You ready? You ready for your pastor's eschatological stance? Jesus is coming back. And if you know him, you're going with him. Be encouraged. Do not fret. Don't be fearful. Jesus is coming back. And if you know him, you're going with him. Today, no one walks out these doors confused or scared. Today, everyone walks out of these doors comforted and encouraged, anticipating the day. But now I recognize some of us sitting here we may get to the end of a message like this and you're like, uh, bro, you said I wouldn't be scared by the end. I'm scared. I'm not comforted. I'm not encouraged. I am scared for the first time I'm realizing this Savior King Jesus, he's coming back. And I don't know what that means for my life. We're giving you the opportunity, to, opportunity today to settle that in your heart once and for all. You never have to be scared after today. You never have to wonder. You can walk out of these doors comforted and encouraged, encouraged knowing where you stand with the Lord and longing for that day when he comes back for you. Amen? So let's get into this today, but before we do, let me pray. Father, Lord, who feels fit to preach on the events of the last things Lord, who, who, who feels fit when your very son, while he walked this earth, said, uh, no one knows the day or the hour, not the angels, not even the son. But Lord, would you grip in our hearts as much as we want clarity on how and when this is all going to go down, Lord, would you grip in our hearts today that which we need to know, where we stand in our relationship with you, and that if we stand in right relationship because your blood has covered our life, Lord, when you come, we're going with you, and we're to encourage one another with that. Father, I pray, would this not be a heavy message today? Would this be a message of comfort and of peace and of, of, of encouragement and of anticipation, longing for this day when we're going to see you face to face. And Lord, we will. This is not an if you're coming back. This is a win. And Lord, we long for that day. Father, now come speak through your word. We desperately want to hear from you. Your spirit lead this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. First Thessalonians chapter 4, jump in with me here in verse 13. Paul had just gotten done finished. Remember what he said last week. Hey, live a quiet life. 
Don't be talking about each other and work hard with your hands. And now he uses this, hey, keep working, keep working to lead into this topic that he's going to talk about here. Verse 13, he says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are, what's the word? Asleep. Now, I know many of you, if, you, if you're familiar with the Bible, grown up with the Bible, you kind of know what that means. Some of you um, need to know this. Paul is not talking about their sleep habits here, Okay. Anytime we see this asleep idea in scripture, it's a euphemism for death. So, but we want you to know, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep or dead, that you may not grieve as others who do not have hope or who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, Through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Now just stop right there for a second and we need to understand what's going on here. Uh, The Thessalonians are so fixed on this notion of Jesus' return. It's what Paul has been preaching to them over and over again, and these people are fired up about it, rightfully so. We saw last week their zeal for the return of Christ maybe at times got a little overzealous. So Some people were like, if Jesus come back, I ain't even working anymore. I'm going to work today. He could come back this afternoon, and I don't want to be sitting there clicking the mouse at a desk job, you know? I don't want to be out there digging a trench. They're so zealous that some of this led to over, over, an, an overly zealous attitude. And now they have a question, and it's a really good question. There's a question that's arisen in the church going, um, uh, hold on. We know that Jesus is coming back one day, but uh, some of our folks, some of our people, some of the fam has already died. Like, what about them? Do they, do they miss it? Like, do we have to be alive when Jesus comes to go with him? What about those who have already died in Christ? That is the question that the church is raising up here. And it's a very, very good question. And Paul goes, relax. Be encouraged. Look at what he says. Go back to 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. And all God's people said, hey, what? Amen. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Because listen, when Jesus comes back, um, those who have died in Christ, they're going to rise first. They're going to beat us to him. And oh, by the way, what is, does this passage teach then? Like what, what's going on with those who have died in Christ until the time that Jesus comes back? What, what, what's, what, what's going on with them right now? Do, are, they just, are they asleep? You know, some people talk about a soul sleep of just waiting for Christ. No, um, Jesus, when he's hanging on the cross, he looked at the thief next to him and what did he say to him? Today, you will be with me in paradise. What does the scripture say? To be absent from the body is to be what? It's to be present with the Lord. Guess what? Those of our loved ones, be encouraged, who knew Jesus and are not walking on this earth with us right now, are with him, 
presence of God with him right now. And one day when Jesus comes back to raise his people, those who are dead in Christ are going to beat us to him in the clouds. Take, be encouraged by that. And this is why he says back in verse 13, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep or dead, that you may not what? That you may not what? What's it say? That you may not grieve as others who do not have this hope. So how should we respond to the death of Christians? As Christians, how should we respond to the death of Christians? Uh, number one, don't miss this in the passage right there. Uh, number one, we should grieve. We should grieve. You're like, hold on, no, hold on. Didn't it say, didn't it say that we shouldn't grieve? No, that's not what it says. It says that we shouldn't grieve as those who do not have hope. When anyone says, hey, no, they knew Jesus. Like, don't worry about it. Don't, you don't have to grieve this. You know, there is a grieving to the loss of loved ones. Though, even though they knew Jesus, there's a grieving to this. It's a reminder of the fall. It's a reminder of the consequences of this thing called sin that has entered the world and has brought about this reality called death, that, that even a loved one who knew the Lord, when they pass away, we now walk the rest of this earthly existence separated from their presence. And, and there's a grieving process to that. And we all need to give each other freedom to grieve that. But then what did it say? Yes, we grieve as Christians. But the second thing we need to know is this. We grieve with hope-filled anticipation. We're going to see him again. He says, so yes, you're grieving over this, but know this. We're not grieving as others who have no hope. Understand what the people in Paul's day, as he writes this, what the people surrounding, the culture surrounding the Thessalonians believe. They just believe like when you're dead, you're done. And so like, can you imagine the death of a loved one in this culture where people just believe when, when you die, that's it. I hope you enjoyed the years you got with them here. But he's like, no, no, no. For those who knew Jesus, we don't grieve as those who have new hope. We're going to see him again. He says, relax, be encouraged, take comfort. The dead, those who have died, who knew Jesus, they're not going to miss out on this thing when Jesus comes back. But keep going here, verse 16. He says, for the Lord himself. Now he, now he gives us a glimpse of what's this going to be like when Jesus comes for us. For the Lord himself will descend. I, I just got to stop. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There are parts of scripture that when we read them, let your mind go. See this now. Don't study this academically. That sometimes, well, let me, let me parse this word here and figure out exactly what does it mean? What does it mean when it says, you know, for the Lord himself will descend? No, no, picture it in your head. The Lord himself is going to descend. Get that there. For the Lord himself, see this now, will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then, what about us? Then we who are alive, who are left, will be, what's it say? What's it say? 
will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine what this will be like? We've all, we've all witnessed a good entrance, right? Someone walks in somewhere, a team walks in somewhere, and you're like, wow, that was cool. If you're a sports fan, remember like the 1990s Bulls? Remember, remember how they introduced their lineup? You remember this? And it culminates, and now from North Carolina, a 6'6 guard. Who's that? Who's that? And I don't care if you like the Bulls or not. That was cool. <laughs> we played a team in college, the College of Worcester. And they're the, like the fighting Scots. And so when their, their football field sat down in like a bowl, and so like we're all down there getting ready to play them, and all of a sudden you'd hear these bagpipes from over the hill, and all these bagpipes would come down over the hill and their entire team, locked arms, would come behind them and just charge the field like Braveheart style, led by these bagpipes. And we're just like, okay, we're totally going to win the game, but they just won the entrance for sure. Eric and I were doing a wedding once and we we're like, okay, how, how are you coming? We're talking to the bride. How are you coming into the wedding? She's like, on my horse. We're like, this could go so, I just imagined the bride like bucked off of the horse. Like, I'm like, this could go so bad in so many ways. But we're, we're, we're out in this field the next day and like up over this hill rides this bride in on her horse. And I just remember Eric and I looking at each other like, that was cool. That was awesome. That's going to pale in comparison to this day right here when the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then we who are alive, who are left, it says here, will be caught up together with them. This, this idea of this, this, these words, caught up, this is where we get the idea of the rapture. It literally means what it's saying here. And then those who are alive in Christ are going to be snatched away. Like, like, a, like a thief sprinting by a lady, snatching her purse and taking off running. Like it's going to happen like this. The Lord's going to come, dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then those who are alive in Christ, boom, snatched away. You're like, okay, this is where I start to get a little scared here. This is where it gets a little weird for me. What do I do with this? No, finish that idea out. What are we being caught up, raptured, snatched away to? We'll be caught up end of 16, or middle of 17, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to what? To meet the Lord. We hear that and we're like, I'm going to be reunited with this loved one who knew the Lord, who's dead, and who I haven't seen in years. And yes, that's part of the joy. But understand, the, 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 grand, the grand event, the grand finale, the whole purpose of that reunion that's going to happen right there is to meet the, to meet the Lord. Write this down. Encourage each other. If we're in Christ, 
dead or alive, we're going with him when he comes. Take heart in that. Be encouraged by that. If we're in Christ, dead or alive, we're going with him when he comes. Now, finish out this verse here. Finish out this paragraph here, verse 17. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with who? This is what we need to know with 100% certainty about our study of eschatology or the last things. This is what we need to hear. And you're like, well, I don't, I don't want, I want to get into the, the pre-trib, the post-trib. I want to get into, if you don't even know what I'm saying right now, good, right? You're just like, what are you, what? I want to get into the pre-trib, post-trib. I want to talk about, you know, the, the deeper details. Let's sit across the table and debate about this. All good things. Listen, I'm not bashing that. All good things, all good things to study, all important things in scripture. But let me say it again. If the Lord wanted us to know with 100% certainty, both how it's going to go down and when it's going to go down, he would have told us. But you know what he tells us about this, the last things? You're going with him when he comes. And then... The application, what are we supposed to do with this? Verse 18, therefore, what's it say? Therefore, encourage one another with these words. When Christians talk about Jesus coming back for his people, it is not supposed to be a conversation that is fueled by fear and concern and trepidation and all this. He says, when we talk about Jesus coming back, it's supposed to encourage one another. Be comforted by this. If you know him, you're going with him when he comes. Amen? I know we're, we're buttoned up Southside indie folks, you know, but I need some preaching back today, okay? You preach, I'll preach, and we'll just go the whole time because this is good news. Don't miss the second thing. Encourage each other. If we're in Christ, we're always going to be with him. Right there. And the 17 will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And he continues this theme here, and that's why we're going to continue this theme here, going right into chapter 5. And he says this. He says, now concerning what? Now concerning what? The times and the seasons. You're like, yes, here we go now. Now we're going to get into it. Now we're going to find out when this is all going to go down. We're going to get this settled in our minds, right? Uh, don't get your hopes up. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord, we'll come back to that, that the day of the Lord will come like what? Like a thief in the night. While people are saying there's peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. Ladies, you know what that's like? Enough said? And they will not escape. So Paul goes, hey, now let's talk about when. Let's talk about this. this okay, when is all of this going to go down? Let's talk about the times and the seasons of this. And he gives kind of two uh, pictures of this. He says, um, first, it's going to come, know this, it's going to come like a thief in the night. I've told you all before, about a couple months into our marriage, I walked through the door one day and um, 
um, our stuff was gone. Someone had shown themselves in the front door because Erica left it unlocked that morning. And, um, and they took our stuff. And guess what? Can you believe? They didn't even call ahead. No heads up whatsoever. Paul says it's like this. You want to know when Jesus is coming back? Like a thief in the night. You're, you're not going to know the time. To say what I've already said, Jesus, when he walked this earth, said, yeah, the son doesn't even know. Only the father knows. And then he tells us, what's, when, when's this time going to all go down? It's going to go down, verse 3, while people are saying there's peace and security. Hey, man, things are turning around. This is good. Like, I think, I think this world is taking it to, like, we're going to be good. All of this is going well. Things, th- the economy's coming back, and things are going good. And then all of a sudden, boom. We're, Jesus coming back to usher in these events are going to come at a time we least expect it, and in a season we least expect it. And then he speaks to what goes down in this day of the Lord season While people are saying there's peace and security, verse 3, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. What is this day of the Lord? Um, Simple definition for us today. The day of the Lord is this. It's It's a future climactic day of judgment. Jesus will come back one day. And he'll rapture, he'll take his people, and then he will out of his justice and out of his righteousness, he will deal with the unbelief and the sin of those who are left vindicating his people, vindicating the righteous in the process. And you're like, this this is where it's just like, man, it's heavy. But our Lord is perfectly just and he's perfectly righteous. And for him to not come one day and and usher in this day of the Lord's season, this future climactic day of judgment, he would not be the just and the righteous God that he is. He says, that day is coming. That's not super encouraging to me, Brock. Verse four, but you... Jesus' followers thousands of years ago in Thessalonica and Jesus' followers on the south side of Indy right here today, but you, but you are not in darkness, brothers. For that day to surprise you like a thief. That good news? For you are all children of light, children of the day, We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not what? Let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. What's he saying here? Take heart, be encouraged, Jesus followers. This day will not take you by surprise. You know this is coming. Yeah, but I don't know when it's coming. Yes, but you're right. But you know it is coming. 
And so he tells us something. He says, stay awake. You, you better take your Benadryl tonight, right? No, that makes you sleep, right? Whatever keeps you awake. No, that's not what he's saying, right? He's saying, be ready. Be ready. Be ready for this day because you know that this day is coming. Be ready. Do not, do not sleep. Do not get drunk. These are pictures of him saying, be ready. Be sober-minded. Be alert for this day that you know is coming one day. Write this down. Encourage each other. If we don't know the day or the hour and we don't, we do know this to be ready. If we don't know the day or the hour, we do know one thing that God wants us to know, and we know to be ready. Stay awake. I was thinking this week because I got to this part of the passage. My uh, neighbor growing up was one of my closest friends. We did everything together, and um, they had chickens at their house, and it was in the summer, and um, regularly, over and over again, something kept getting into the chicken coop and making a midnight snack out of one of the chickens. And so a couple of teenage boys, we were going to fix that, right? Grabbed a shotgun, hopped up, on his, uh, hopped up on his garage roof to spend the night with a, uh, two teenage boys spending the night on a garage roof with a shotgun and Mountain Dew. <laughs> Parents, don't, I don't recommend. And we were all night, we, we had our Mountain Dew, we had our shotgun, two, two teenage guys under the moonlight out in the country there in West Michigan. We were ready for, ready for him to come. We're going to stay alert and away all night, right? Until the sun comes up the next morning and the shotgun and what's remaining of the Mountain Dew are sitting there and as we've slept the entire night away. Not alert, not awake. The Lord's reminding us here, you might not know when, but you know it's coming. Be ready. Stay awake. Be alert for this. And then look at how he ends this paragraph. Verse 9, for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might, what? There it is again. Whether we're awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Same point. Saw it at the end of the first paragraph. See it at the end of this paragraph. Last thing, write it down. Encourage each other. If we're in Christ, we're always going to be with him. Church, listen to me. I know this topic brings fear to some, brings confusion to some, we are people who just, we just want to put, we want to be able to put it in a box and wrap a bow on that. We want to know exactly how it's going to go down and exactly when it's going to go down. We want to know what the end times are going to look like, but this is what the Lord wants us walking out of here today as his people knowing about what is to come. And it's this right here. What was church about Sunday? Church was about this. Encourage each other. 
Because if we know him, we're going with him when he comes. Encourage each other. Because if we know him, we're going with him when he comes. That is what the Lord wants us to understand about the last days. All of the umpteen thousands of books written on this topic right here, all of the dialogue, all of the questions I get that leads with it. So I'm reading the Left Behind series, and do you think, what, do you, think you know, the, the flying locusts are Apache helicopters? I don't know. Here's what I do know. If you know him, you're going with him when he comes. And that's what he wants us to know. And he says, no, 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 when you guys talk about this, encourage each other with this. Hey man, I know, I know it's rough right now. I know you're going through a hard thing. I know this is difficult. And I know what I'm about to say right now. It's going to feel like a cliche, but listen, 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 family going through a hard time. This isn't all there is. Our life's like a vapor. And then one day we're going to go to him or he's coming back for us. But get this, if you know him, you're going with him. Encourage one another with that. I know you're grieving. I know you're grieving the loss. I am too. I'm grieving for you as you grieve. And I know at times like this, us Christians are so good at giving these little Christian cliches. God works all things to the good for those who love him. Yes, he does. That doesn't help me right now. As I look at this casket, I want you to know as I grieve with you, I want you to know I'm grieving with you with hope-filled anticipation. Because I know that person right there, right there knew an awesome savior. And he's with, he is in his presence right now. And guess what? Guess what? Really good news. He's got it better than we do. Because if Jesus comes back today, he's going to precede us to him. Take comfort in that. I said at the outset, what if right now for the first time you're realizing this Jesus that you've heard all about, people have told you about it, your family's told you about it, and you've just put him off and put him off and put him off. What if today you're realizing he's coming back one day? And I want to tell you boldly, unapologetically, unashamedly, he is coming back one day. This is not a theory Christians have. This is not a matter of if he's coming back, it's a matter of when. And what if right now in your heart, you are unsettled about this. You are filled with fear about this. You're so confused about this. You're like, okay, if he is, what does this mean for my life? We said from the outset, no one walks out of here today, not comforted and not encouraged by these truths we just studied. If you're confused, if you have questions, if you're fearful, if you don't know where you stand in a relationship with Jesus Christ, when you leave this place today, hear this now, 
when we close the service, there's going to be a mass of people. They're all going to get up. They're all going to start walking out those doors right there. No one's going to even notice you. But we have people in that prayer room right there in this front corner. The doors are going to be open. They are there because they want you walking out, that you, knowing that you know that you know this Jesus Christ, this coming King. You don't have to leave here today with anything unsettled in your heart. You don't have to leave here today fearful about the fact that the Savior is coming back. What God has given these truths to us to comfort us and to encourage us. And if you're walking out of here, if there's a burden on your shoulders, if there's a heaviness on your life right now, you can walk through that door. That can be the door that you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You say, I'm done. I'm done with me. I'm done with the old stuff. I want this new life in Christ that he promises. And you can walk out that other door the weight lifted, encouraged, and comforted, saying in your heart, he's coming back one day, and I know him, and I'm going with him. That's what we want for you today. That's what we want for you today. You're like, I don't want to go in that room. I don't want to go in that room. I do not want to talk to weird Christians about what I'm feeling right now. praying right now that God doesn't even give you a chance to not. I remember your story, Chris. I can do this because we're in the same small group and you'll pound me later if it's not okay. But I remember you being at, what was it called, that men's event, Promise Keepers, down at the old stadium, right? You're in Fort Wayne, the gospel's preached, and you hop up out of that stadium seat and you just start sprinting down to the field. And the guy you came with is chasing you like, where are you going? And you're like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. All I know is I gotta get down on that field right now. Today is the day. That for you. The people you came with, where are you going? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know, but I'm going to that room right there. It's almost like God has this tow rope on my heart and he's pulling me and he's doing Why? Because he loves you. He wants you. He doesn't want you unsettled about this. He's coming back one day and he wants you with him when he comes. And you're in a room full of people who've all had to submit under that reality. Church people aren't a gathering of people who got life all together. Church people are a gathering of a bunch of messed up, broken, broken, unbelievably broken people with an amazing Savior who's coming back for us. And if we know him, we're going with him when he comes. Stand with me, believers. As we sing this song and we close our time, this is a victory anthem. The song starts, we've been singing and it's a new one. The song starts, he's coming on the clouds. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. They will. At the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, it will. And every tongue is gonna confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. And as we sing about this reality, He's coming, and if we know him, we're going with him. Amen? Father, as we sing this now, Lord, we sing it as your victory anthem.
You have won the victory. We're not going with you one day out of any sort of goodness that we have earned. You saved us in spite of us. And you're gonna come one day and you're gonna, you're gonna bring with you those who have died in relationship with you and then, and then you're gonna come and you're gonna snatch those who are alive away. And Lord, there's gonna be this beautiful reunion with you and all the eyes are gonna be on you and we're gonna be worshiping you because it's all about you. And Father, I pray right now for those sitting in this room who've never understood their life is all about you and your glory. Lord, they're doing it on their own. They're getting crushed in the process of it. Lord, do not let them walk out of here today without getting into that room and sitting down face to face with someone who loves them and someone who's gonna tell them how much that you love them and want a relationship with them. Every heart, every soul walking out of here encouraged and comforted by this reality today. Lord, we sing this as our victory anthem. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.